Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting edition of Training Unleashed. I have a fabulous guest. I have a feeling everyone's going to learn a lot today. I have Dr. Karen Jacobson on the phone, excuse me, on the line with us. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on your show. We're delighted. Tell us just quickly a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, the short version, Evan, is I... I was born in the States. I moved to Israel, lived there for 15 years, and went through schooling and my military time. And then I moved back to the States, became a chiropractor, had a head-on collision, moved out to Arizona, and uh, pretty much restarted my career. Uh, still had my chiropractic office, and then a number of years ago had created a shift and change in my career into full-time speaking and business consulting. That's a very eclectic background. I've always wanted to have a close friend who was a chiropractor just to have around uh, when when times and emergencies happen. So- I get that often. I get that. It's like, hey, it's my neck, my back, you know, can you just... <laughs> So the purpose of the show is to really talk about training and because our listeners are people in the training world. And I'm going to just start with a kind of an oddball question with you, if you don't mind, because I think it's fascinating. Talk about what it's like to train to be a doctor and a chiropractor and how that relates to the real world in terms of real world training and, and real world improvement. Well, the fascinating thing about my practice was that it it actually took a a holistic nature because of the fact that I really do believe that when we have health issues, they come from our thinking and from our behavior. So when I worked with patients, I also worked with them on their lifestyle and changing, retraining their thought process, retraining their behavior in order to create a healthier lifestyle, in order to create better habits. And with that, that's really where a lot of the original training came from. At the same time, I also had other doctors that were younger in practice who may have come in and mentored with me. And when I was on the board of directors of the Chiropractic Council in New York, I was involved in training the new doctors and helping them establish their businesses. So I really, I really, while I was a doctor on the one hand, I also was a trainer along the way, both for my patients and for other business people. You know, you know, that's fascinating because I totally believe in business attitude is everything. And if you believe you can do something, you can achieve it. And that people want to be around people with positive attitude. And that that energy of just thinking and being successful has a huge impact on what you do. Because if you have self-doubt, you may not state it literally, but you're staying it physically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything, you know, there is, there is a, a great book by James Allen. It's called As a Man Thinketh. It's a tiny little book. And it talks about how thoughts translate into what we create. And, and I'm sure many people, many of the listeners have heard about the power of manifestation and law of attraction. 
Yeah. And, and I, I talk about it. I talk about the law of taking action because a wish is going to be there if you put the thought out. But the change will happen when you actually take action and take steps towards it. And if you're on the road, you have two options. You can look right and see things as bleak or you can look left and flip it around. And one of the things that in my training, when I work with companies, and I even have employees that are in situations where they have a conflict, or they're looking at challenging situations, not challenging people, but challenging situations, I come back to them. And I will say to them, if you looked at that, how can you see it differently? How can you turn it around, spin it? And it's all in the attitude. So I know you work with with corporations and businesses as a consultant. And yes, you're an author, and I want to talk about your book, and I know you're a speaker, and we should talk about that too. But right now, let's just talk about what you described and how one would bring that into work. I, so just assume for a second that I work in a training department for a pretty good-sized company. I get it. I believe it. I want to bring that into how we train as a company, how we work as a company, how would you go about doing that? Well, the first thing as, you mean how would I propose that or how would I actually take the steps and bring it in and train the team? Yeah, that's what the, the latter. So training the team is, is actually not as difficult as it might seem because once you and I have sat together and decided these are the issues that we're dealing with, we've got some conflict resolution, we've got lack of communication, we've got some generational differences that we're dealing with. My job is to do the background on your company and come in with a plan of how do we address those issues. And then it's really about transforming people's behavior. Because basically coming in and just giving knowledge without transforming and changing behavior has no value because at the end you came out from a nice experience. Oh, this was really interesting. And I took notes, but nothing is different. So we have to create a program that would allow you to go through changes. And that basically means that instead of someone like me coming in and just giving you a talk, giving you a lecture, I will take you through a series of actions and activities that cause you to think differently, that spark your imagination, that help you think outside the box, that help you come to the understanding that maybe what you were doing before isn't the only way. Maybe there's something else that you can look at. And when you're working in conjunction with other team members, you can come up with new creative ideas. Can you share an example, maybe from the past, that something of that nature? I love this one. So I happen to also work with people with, um, I do disc assessments. And I had a training that I was conducting up in uh, Nevada. And I'm setting up in the morning the first six men that walk in, I'm looking, okay, there's trouble. Turns out they were six fire captains from the Nevada Fire fire Department. And all six of them, five out of six, were, were retired military. So they come in, they're, they're very much of that commander type. Everything in life is black and white. And they came in for training and coaching how to become better leaders and better mentors to their team members. So we get to a point during the training, and I'm dealing with Carl, and we're talking about empathy. Now, when I get to leaders that are high-end commanders that in, in the disc, they're very dominant, they're very goal-oriented, they're not, they're not really focused on feelings, but they're focused on data, 
they don't do empathy very easily. As a matter of fact, the comment that came out of that is like, I don't want to have to walk around eggshells. I said, well, here's the question. Why are you here? He goes, well, I want to be able to be a better leader. And I want to also work better with my assistant. And she happens to be more of that caretaker type of person. Said, well, I said, you do realize that not everything in life, Carl, is black and white. And Carl goes, well, it is in my world. I I know that. But what if it wasn't? And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, you came in, you wanted to have a change. When do you want to change? He says, how about now? Now, I know Carl is there and he's egging me on because I've got 40 people in the room and they want to see what is Karen going to do. So I turn to the room and I say, do I have permission to work with Carl right now? And the room is just like sitting there chomping at the bit. And I go, sure. So I walk up so that I can actually create what I call a breakthrough session and work directly with Carl. So I'm just a couple of feet away. And I said, okay, well, you said everything is black and white, right? And he said, yes. Said, what color shirt are you wearing? And he was wearing a dark blue polo shirt. He goes, dark blue. I said, what color shirt is Chris who's sitting next to you? What color shirt is Chris wearing? He goes, black. What color shirt is Ronnie wearing? Black. What color sweater am I wearing? Black. Okay. Are they all the same shade of black? And he looks at me and he says, no. I said, okay. Then in other words, you're telling me that even black has different shades. And he stops for a minute and then he looks at me and he says, Yes. Now, everybody in the room knew that's not exactly the answer that he wanted to give me, but he said it that way. He said, yes. I said, okay, I just wanted to know. I turn around and start walking away. Now, this happened to be about two months before the release of that uh, Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Yeah. And I turn around, I start walking away, and Carl looks, hey, Karen, how about Shades of Grey? And I knew he's egging me on. I just, I turn, I look at him and I go, not go in there with you, Carl. The entire room bursts out laughing. Sure. Now, what does laughter do to someone's hold on their belief system? The process of laughter helps you create a change because it loosens your grip on your conscious mind. So right there, This is about two o'clock. Fast forward two hours later, we have our last activity of the day. And during that activity, my firefighters ended up being the leaders of each one of the little groups. And Carl's group was supposed to discipline an employee who was not performing properly. And he cannot wait to share. And he goes, okay, I need to really say this. What? He goes, the old Carl would have thrown the book at this guy. But the new Carl has a little bit more of an understanding and giving the guy the benefit of the doubt, knowing that even though I may not behave this way, I put myself in his shoes to understand his situation. 
And then he goes, I think I had a breakthrough. Wow. Wow. We finished the event. Carl walks up to me, gives me a hug. He goes, thank you. I now understand what you were talking about. Hmm. Interesting. All of it was done in a room in front of people without confronting with just by shifting someone's thinking through an experience. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to Tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net. When I listen to you, my first thought is, you can do that. But can I do that? And I'm sure our listeners are sitting here thinking, okay, Karen can do that, but can I do that? And I, I'm guessing that your book maybe gives some clues. My book absolutely does. My book is called Power Conversations because obviously our words do have power and they have the power to set the stage and, and create changes. The book will take you from everything from your first handshake. It's from the first impression to creating a lasting connection. It talks about how do you walk into a room and create a positive impression on people? What type of people are you dealing with? Do you have a Carl that is that high commander type? And how do you talk to them? What do they look for in a conversation? Do you have the compassionate caretaker that you need to have a different type of conversation with her? And what is she looking to hear? It gives you all the information in order to have those best conversations so that you can increase the communication, build better relationships, motivate your team members, and have them engage at a higher level. Sounds like a fabulous book. Um, what I love about it is that it's, it's quick, it's easy. Evan, it's 67 tips. And instead of having a book where you have to read long pages and figure out where is the action step, it's 67 quick, simple action steps that you can take and you can practice. I've had a, um, uh, a superintendent of the school district had been given the book. He said he has it on his desk and he uses it before he calls parents or before he calls some of his teachers as a prep to know how to have a conversation. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, it's interesting because, you know, when I started out, I talked about how do we take what you're talking about and bring it to the team? And one of the things I love doing with my team is having a shared book that we all read. And, and for your sake, I don't mean one book shared. I mean, everyone reads the same book at the same time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but, but uh, anyhow, the, you know, the, the, the idea of, of having a book like that and then taking each of the tips and talking about the tips would be, would be great. 
That's actually one of the things that I do. I based some of my trainings around the book. I just delivered for, uh, I I do work also with the city. So I did with the city of uh, Tempe here out in Arizona. I delivered a series of three communication trainings and they all came from the content in the book. So when those that signed up for the entire series, the company bought them a copy of the book to go along with the training series. Yeah. So I know that you're into neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, and I am a huge fan of neuro-linguistic programming. And I'd like to take a moment and just talk about anchoring for a second. And can, we, can we take one step back because of the fact that I'm sure there's some people that might be familiar with neuro-linguistic programming and some that may not? So yeah, maybe we can explain to them, yes. explain to them, and, and, and let's break it down. Neuro, which is really our neurology, linguistic, which is our language, and the programming that our language creates in our subconscious mind. That affects both our behavior and our thought process. So when, when I received my certification, one of the concepts that they talk about, if you look at it in a real simple fashion, Neurolinguistic programming might be a fancy word, but it's really the study of excellence. How do I become excellent and repeat what I do on a regular basis to achieve the best results? Now, mind you, that may not only be good results. I could be excellent in bringing in patterns that are negative. That's still a pattern, and then I have to reverse it but it's about how to really perfect patterns and create behavior and, um, and even health, yeah. even health from, and from NLP. Yeah, no doubt about it. One of the things I find in the workplace, it doesn't matter, workplace, home, life, is we get triggered as human beings. Somebody says something and you're like, oh my God, you know, why'd they say that? They take it personally. Um, and they don't, they have a hard time. It could disrupt the whole day. And so, you know, we, we certainly do not practice this in advance. But any anchoring tips on bringing people back to calm, bringing people back to just not being triggered once they notice they've been triggered so that they can, they can take their day and, 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 and bring it back to normal? Absolutely. And, and that dives, I mean, you're diving right into uh, one of the hottest topics today in the business world, which is emotional intelligence yes. and self-management. Self-management is really understanding what our triggers are and what can we do to diffuse, as I say, diffuse the fuse. Because the trigger is a fuse. When we get set off, we just, it, it blows our fuse. And there are different levels that we can get set off. So a number of things that I talk about, if you If you know that you are sensitive to certain things, then you can start working on them. But there's also a phase where you don't know that that that's a trigger. And somebody hit a hot button in you. What do you do right then, Johnny on the spot, where you have to make sure that you stay in a response mode rather than a reaction mode? So the first thing I say is take a breath and count to 10. And mind you, do it in your head, not out loud. Whether it's on the phone or whether it's in person, you still want to do it in your head. But take time to just 
allow yourself to simmer down. And, and the reason why that's important is because of the aspect of when I become reactive, I might say something that I can't take back. And while that's not good at work or life, it doesn't matter if I've said it already, I've now released something that can cause damage. So the first thing is to know that when, I will say 90% of the time, or even higher, when somebody says something, it's not intentional. You know very well when somebody says something that it's intentional to hurt you, that there had to be a history that led to that that was not resolved. So the intervention should have been way sooner. But people at times will say things because of the fact that they have no filter and that's their personality or because of the fact that they're hurting and their initial reaction is to hurt back. But it's not, again, it's not a personal thing on them. So don't take it on you. So do your counting. Another technique is that you can just take a couple of deep breaths. Say that again. Take a couple of deep breaths. Deep breaths. Yes. Just breathe. Because what happens when you get triggered, you actually go into a whole process called amygdala hijack, which your center of emotions gets triggered and and you become reactive. And then when you become reactive, you're actually affecting your center of logic. So you're coming from emotion and not from logic. Logic and emotion do not live in the same space. One takes over than the other. So if you can bring yourself to a place where you can stay in your center, stay in your calm, breathe, um, change. If it's, if it's a matter that some, somebody said something that was upsetting, think of something happy. Uh, I heard of a technique that somebody said, you know, name name the, the, uh, the ninja turtles in your head or the seven dwarfs. Do something to shift your state of mind in order to change your behavior. Because when you change your physicality, you change your emotions, you change your behavior. If it's a matter that it's so extreme that you feel like you're going to blow up, take a breath and step away from the situation. It's great advice. I'm going to tell you something I think you'll find funny. When I was a kid and my father was upset, he would say, okay, we're going to count to 10 now, and I'm going to talk to you about that. We would count aloud, not to ourselves. We'd go one, two, three, four, five. And I said to my father later in life, why did you have us count to 10? And he said, it was so I could calm myself down and talk rationally to you. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's kind of brilliant. And that is brilliant because that's brilliant parenting because yeah. he knew he wanted to have a logical conversation with you and not a re- not reactive. And it also made us calm down too. Correct. Because we had that same decompression, uh, which, which is, which is really terrific. So um, I know you consult and you work with companies. So people listening that are interested could bring you in. I know you got a great book that they could read and share with their team. I also know you're a professional speaker. What types of things do you speak on and, and what would our audience hire you to do in terms of, uh, you know, do you do workshops? Do you just do keynotes? What, tell us a little bit about your speaking career. My focus area has been high performance. 
I, I bring in my background. I've created the high performance triad, which is leadership, language, lifestyle. And those are the topics that I will bring into associations and organizations and corporations when I do keynotes. And I will also do breakout sessions. That falls in the realm of uh, how, to, how to be a high-performing team leader or design or create high-performance teams. I also focus on the multi-generational workforce because from the point of communication and leadership, that is a key issue. We are in a unique place right now where for the first time there's five different generations in the workforce. And we have different ideologies, different values, different experiences. And in order to be able to work together, we have to bridge that, those differences and really understand each other so that we can collaborate to the highest level. That's cool. Those are all cool things. How do people reach you? What's your website? I have full presence on social media. And uh, I've learned from some of the best that we really need to brand ourselves. So it's really simple. It's Dr. Karen Jacobson, J-A-C-O-B-S-O-N. And I have, that is my website. That is my Twitter handle. That is my LinkedIn. That is my Facebook page. That is my YouTube channel. That is my Instagram. And somewhere I have a Pinterest, but who knows. <laughs> so you're saying is reaching out to you on Pinterest isn't the best way to get a hold of you? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and your email address? Is info at drkarenjacobson.com. Excellent. Excellent. You've been a terrific guest. I always end with one question, which is if you had one piece of advice to share with someone in the training profession, what would that one piece of advice be? Listen to the people. They tell you what they need. They tell you what they want. Sometimes they don't know that they're actually telling you what they need when they're telling you what they want. In other words, acute really being an active listener to identify the issues and speak to them in their language. Because the way that I would speak to somebody is not about my background. It's about yours. It's what you need, what, how you understand things. If you're more data oriented, I need to speak to you that way. If you're more feeling oriented, I need to speak to you that way. Excellent. Excellent advice. I've really enjoyed our time together. And uh, I hope our listeners have too. And have a great day. Thank you so much again for doing this and have a fantastic day. You too. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way you'll never miss an episode and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.